0: Okay, everybody, uh, we are on another episode of Breaking Absolutes, uh, and I'm pleased today to be able to talk to um, Theo Vandalu from the band uh, Echo Kill Talent. Um, I'll be honest, I, I hadn't, I'd heard of these guys, but I hadn't heard a lot of their material, so it was an opportunity for me to um, get more familiar. Uh, the band's relatively recent, uh, but they have had so much early success. Um, I think that their, their future is exceedingly bright. Uh, And just to kind of give a couple of um, sparklers here before we get deeper into everything, um, the group was named uh, by Google as um, one of the 20 breakthrough artists of 2017. Um, Their single Sublimated caught local radio play and landed them on the bill for Lollapalooza Brazil. Um, The track ignited streaming platforms worldwide and they held a top five spot in uh, Spotify's viral top 50 in places all over Europe, um, they've got a they've got a really killer sound. It's it's uh, it's just really dialed in for a band that um, um, is so young in their career. So we're excited to talk to Theo. I'm going to bring him on, and we will begin to understand how this all happened. Theo, welcome.
1: Hey, Peter. Well, nice to meet you.
0: Yeah, you too. Um, you're in Brazil, yeah?
1: Yes, I'm in São Paulo.
0: Okay. So what's the uh just real quick, what's the time difference there? It's it's about one PM here.
1: Oh uh, now here it's like five
0: PM, yeah. Okay, all right. So not that's not too bad. I was thinking it was uh, crazy. But I can see the sunlight behind you, so that's good.
1: Yeah, you can see some sun, like just the 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 end of the, the sun of the day. It's gonna be gone in like probably probably while we are talking, I think it will go away.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well that'll be uh that'll be fun to watch. The shadows kind of appear hey listen um before we kind of get into the music conversation let me just ask how how have you fared during this last year of the pandemic
1: yeah it's uh it was it, I, it was a challenge you know both uh, on a personal level and also for the band but i think it was the same for everyone around the world right i mean we all got all our plans on hold and and there were so many uh I mean that's around, you know, like a bunch of, here in Brazil we we, we lost five hundred thousand people so far and, and so that's like the background, but but while all this craziness uh, were happening, we were also dealing with rescheduling tours and album release, you know, like replanning everything. So it was a lot of work because like I said, we, we were supposed to do uh, the twenty twenty was supposed to start with a tour with Metallica and Greta Volumphant Fleet in March. And then we were supposed to tour with System of a Down in Europe and do some festivals in Europe, festivals in the U.S. And we would release the album right in the beginning of the whole tour. But then when the pandemic came, we just, well, in the beginning, we weren't sure how long it was going to last, right? So for a while we thought, okay, maybe this is just going to postpone everything for a couple months. But then we realized, I mean, this, this thing would take more than that, right? So we, we decided to change the release plans and instead of releasing a full album at once, kind of slice it in three EPs. And that's what we did. And and so we, we were dealing with that, plus like rescheduling everything. And finally, it's looking like uh, we're gonna start touring again this year. We already have a couple of festivals in the US confirmed. We're confirming a bunch of uh, festivals in Europe for next year. So, yeah, and then in the, in, with all that happening, you know, you just need to learn how to cope, uh, like, like internally, right? Because uh, you can't let the, the how, how can I put, like the lack of control just drag us down, right? Because just right. have to cope with uh, with what's happening and live one day at a time. So.
0: Yeah, well, let yeah. me, so you, you already had a record. Um, that you were ready to go. And so what you've done is you've pieced that out into multiple releases to kind of yeah. keep, the, keep the momentum going, sort of speak, as, as you're not able to tour, right? Instead of dropping the whole album at once. That's cool.
1: Yeah, that was exactly what we decided to do. Uh, I mean, we, we record this album, the 606 studio, the, the, the Foo Fighters studio. And, and we, we, I mean, we worked so hard in the album, right? For, for a year. So we felt like, you know, shit. We we're gonna release a full album without being able to tour. Don't think that's smart. So we decided to keep, the, as you said, you know, keep it relevant. So just like slice it in three parts. And the, the album is called "The Dance Between Extremes." And by the way, we we, we chose that name before the pandemic. <laughs> so we we decided to release. The first part called the dance, the second part called the dance between, and the third part called the dance between extremes. The and then when when we released the third part, was like the full like uh, body of work, you know. Yeah. So th- this way we would keep like delivering new songs, you know, and and at the same time talking to the press, always something new to talk about. So as you said, that that was a strategy uh, because of that, and I think we did a uh, good choice.
0: Yeah. Have you has the has the downtime? Have you had any time to? I know it seems early because you're just really putting out a record, but to think about more making more music because you haven't been able to tour.
1: Yes. Uh, we, I mean, as soon as we we realized you know that we weren't to be able to tour, uh, we all start like writing new ideas and share with each other in the band and. We feel like we already have a lot of new material, and uh, it's looking like we're gonna start recording new new stuff pretty soon. Well, we plan to be on the road for three years now. Like, the idea is to start during this year, and, and for sure, at least into 2022, end of 2022, be on the road, so we might record on the road. We might record in bits and pieces, depending where we are. We're we are not sure how we're gonna do it, but we already have new songs. That's cool. Uh, like ready.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, a lot of groups are taking advantage of the time to do the same. Um, so, if there's a silver lining to all of this, it means once we get past it, I think there there'll be an explosion of new material. Um, and yeah. you you guys have been able to ration out the the what you had. So I think you you're gonna I think it's gonna do well for you as you kind of hit the ground because you've got new material and you'll uh, you'll have. Um, sounds like you've already got more material coming, but uh, but let's rewind a little bit before we go forward, and and that is, I think that there's uh, a lot of people who are watching this and who will see it, who are maybe less familiar with you guys as a band. Tell us the story of your formation, because as I was reading up on you guys, you know there's some there's there's members of the group who have either been parts of some pretty big bands or they've somehow. Uh, toured with or associated and collaborated with. So tell us how this group of guys came together to form uh, Ego Kill Talent.
1: Yeah, well uh, Jean is one of the drummers. We have two drummers in the band. The band, we had a different dynamic. We have we we switch instruments depending on the song. So we have two drummers and one one of the drummers is Jean Dolabella and he played in Sepultura for seven or eight years. And Eagle Q Talent started exactly when he decided to leave Sepultura. Uh, he he called me and said, Let's let's have a coffee. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do with my life and then we just sat down and at that moment I, I wasn't playing much guitar at all in my life. I was dealing like with other stuff and sorry, my dog is like going uh, crazy here. No worries. But um, so I was like, Man, I haven't touched a guitar since I don't know, like the last four years, you know, and, and he was like, really, let's just jam. So we start jamming and we, we very quickly start liking the ideas. And and so we decided to do kind of a demo, even without vocals, because we didn't have a singer at that point. And I remember, oh my God, my dog is like, going nuts. not, <laughs> sorry. It's, uh, it's okay. yeah. Home interviews, <laughs> it's like,
0: and he's usually really calm, but...
1: Well, we, uh, we
0: got him excited for this.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we... Well, actually, what happened, I already knew quite well uh, the guys on uh, System of a Down. And the drummer, John Gomayan, he was here in Brazil for a vacation. And we went out for dinner me and him. And uh, I was like, you know, I want to take you for a ride tomorrow. I didn't tell him that I was going to take him to a studio to show him the band. Because we 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 even were like a real band. Like I said, we didn't have a singer back at that moment. So next day, I, I was driving John, and then I said, "Look, I'm bringing you to to my studio." He said, "Boy, we have a studio guests We 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 built up a studio. Me and some friends, and we have a band. We have a band now. What are you talking about because he had no clue I had a band. So we we brought him to the studio. We played like live three songs to him. And he was like, oh, but before that, when when we were just like walking in the studio, John turns to me and he said, man, if it sounds like shit, I'm going to say it right in your face. (laughs) I said, no problem. And John is very much like that. You know, he's like just straight to the point. I said, no problem, man. And so we played like three songs for him. And he was like, okay, guys, I think you guys have something good here. You know, you you should keep pushing because you guys have something good. And that for us was like a big uh, push, you know, we, we, I mean, when someone that is in a band as big as System of a Down, you know, turns to you and say, I think you're doing something good. You feel like, okay, maybe I'm not going crazy here. You know, maybe uh, uh, what we are doing is solid. So we, right after that, we found a singer, Jonathan, who was already a, a friend of mine for many, many years. Um, he and ha- He has another huge band here in Brazil. In the south of Brazil, like pretty big band. He, he. I mean, they play like fifteen thousand seats, and I wasn't sure if he would want to join the band, but I always knew he wanted to have a band singing in English because his other band of his sings in Portuguese. So he immediately said, "Yeah, I'm down." And so Jonathan joined the band, and that he was like the last piece to join. And yeah, that, that's pretty much in a nutshell.
0: That's um. I mean, for me, the, one of the big takeaways there is you, through connections and friendships, kind of pulled this whole thing together. It seems like you knew everybody, and you just had these multiple conversations to pull together this group. It's
1: funny you said that, because my dad, everybody says that about, uh, that about my dad. Like, my dad, is, a, he just knows everyone. He's, uh, my dad has always been a, a person who really values relationships and friendships. And it's funny you said that because that's the kind of thing that everybody says about my father, you know. But I guess you're right, yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe I learned. Yeah, you're a, what, up here. We would call that you're a chip off the old block. I mean, you're yeah. you're de- after your father's heart. Um, that's really cool, and it's uh, it's great that you've you. I mean, there's so much great music that you know, rock and metal that comes out of Brazil. Um, so it's not. Uh, you know, it's not an unknown sort of hotbed for, for great bands. Um, But, you know, you, these connections bore fruit. Um, And and I think it speaks well of you that, you know, you were able to, uh, you know, pull these people into and interest them in this. But then of course, that's, that, that's not really where it's at. You still have to make great music, you know, once you get it. Actually,
1: that was, that was always my main concern, like, because I, I, I always knew a lot of people from, from the music industry. Uh w- w- I had when I had this other band I had before Eagle to Talent, uh, I I started producing music festivals pretty much to have this other band playing, right? So me and Rafa, who is actually also in Eagle to Talent, back in two thousand and back in two thousand and three we had a band called Sayoa and we toured with Tour in Europe and around 2006 we decided to start promoting music festivals in Brazil so we could play it was really like start really small you know and that that just grew so fast to the point that we had to quit that band but i wasn't that happy you know we became like a big big festival producers but we really we weren't happy you know we just like something was missing but because of that we knew a lot of people from the industry, right? And a lot of bands, a lot of a lot of managers, and every and, you know everybody from the industry. But we, I was like really concerned on how I was going to present the band to these people because I mean, when you think about the big manager of a big rock band, can you imagine how many bands come to him and go like, "Listen to my band"? Yeah. And I, I was already friends friends with these people, so I didn't want you know to cross a line or to be, uh, you know, just to make it awkward or, or lose a friendship. So what I decided to do, although I knew like lots of the big agents and and and, and managers, I decided not to ask any favors. I decided to let the music speak for itself. And, and I was like, okay, you know, when it happens, it happens. So John from System, it was a little different because he, John and Serge, they are real friends. I mean, they are my friends. So it, it, it wasn't like someone I I just know from the industry. It's like you know someone that I trust and and, and we have a, a close relationship. So that was different. But the managers and agents that I that I already knew back then and, and still had the relationship. I didn't ask any favors. I was just like, we're gonna make the best music we can, and we're gonna achieve stuff. And once we achieve those things that we just really believe we were going to do, they're going to hear about it. And then they, oh, and it's Theo, you know, and, and we know each other. And that, that was exactly what happened. Wow. So we basically, we, 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 we worked really hard on making, you know, the best music we could, you know. I think that's the core.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, um, there's so many super groups that get formed. And they create a lot of buzz because, you know, these individual players and you loved them in a previous band because you loved that band's music. But it doesn't always mean that these supergroups are going to make great music. Um, yeah. True. So, you know, because it's writing chemistry and, and personality, all that stuff plays in, of course. Um, so it's uh, that's really cool to hear that, like, you know, you you let the music kind of speak for itself. Um, so how did that happen then? You you pulled everybody together. Uh, you started to, to write. Um, y- did you start doing local performances and get booked into yeah. festivals? How'd that happen?
1: Actually, what what we did first was uh, well, like I said, we we since since day one we were very like sure and certain that we should focus on making the best music we could. So that was like the, the, like I said, the core of everything. And once we felt like we had like seven songs and that, that we felt like they were solid and and good enough. And by the way, it's a fun moment to be in a band when you're just in the beginning, you know, and, and, and writing the first materials and everything. It's, it, it's so fresh and it's a unique feeling. So when, when we had like seven songs that we felt like, okay, this is, we feel comfortable to present this to people and, and and keep in mind we have a very different dynamic as i said we switch instruments and the, the reason that happened it's because and, and i'm explaining this because it really affects a show in terms of logistics and 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 crew and everything because what happened was like i said me and gian started the band and it was just like one guitar and and a drummer right and and then we had another friend joining the band Uh, playing guitar so for a while we were like two guitars and one drum like no bass and no vocals right and then Rafael who is uh, this friend of mine who I used to play in another band before who's an excellent drummer we showed him some demos we had without vocals or anything and he heard it and he was like I want to join the band and I was like man I would love to have him in the band but we have Jean you know the guy who used to drum for Sepultura. Yeah. So it's like, I don't see how we can you know, have you in the band. And he goes like, I don't care. I can play bass. So initially, Raphael joined the band to play bass. And we, we rehearsed like that for like two or three weeks. And then one day, Gian came into the studio of holding my guitar. And Gian is an amazing guitar player. So he just started playing a guitarist. And he was like, Rafa, can you go to the drums real quick just so we develop this idea? So Rafa went to the drums, I went to the bass, and John played the guitar, and we we played like that for, I don't know, seven hours? Wow. When we finished playing like that, we were like, whoa, this song is sounding really good with this lineup. Should we keep it like that? And we looked at each other and said, yeah, hell yeah, let's keep it like that. So... When we did that, without knowing, we just opened this Pandora box where there is no one guitar player in the band. You know, there is there is not the character, there's not the guitar hero or, or the drummer. You know, it's just five guys that, that play together. You know, and and the music comes first. So basically, we decided who's gonna play what depending on the song, if uh, because. It, I mean, like Jean and Rafa, they are both amazing drummers, but it's different them on the drums. So some songs feels better with one guy playing the drums and the and others with them, with uh, with the other one. So with the, when we write music, it's basically one of us holding a guitar and trying to, to show ideas, and we decide who's gonna play what later. <laughs> and so in the beginning, back back to that, once we had like seven songs. We were like, okay, we want we want to play to people, right? But we don't have uh, like a crew yet. We have nothing. We're just like a band. So what we did, we we already had the rehearsal space, which is uh, the studio we still have here in São Paulo, and it's pretty big. So what we decided to do, it were to make was to make like open rehearsals, and we were really impressed because at that point we had already released like three songs, I guess, something like that. And we had like four more to release, but we had released three songs. So what we did was we did this Google event, I thought Facebook event. I'm not sure. I'm not good with those stuff, but so we did something like that. And we said, okay, like we can, the first 70 people that, that, you know, sign signs up, it's going to be able to come to a rehearsal. And we had like in, in a matter of minutes, like 70 people, like, signed to, to be there. So we're like, okay, so let's, let's stretch a little more. So we made a hundred people. And, and I mean, in, we are talking like in two hours, we had a hundred people signed to watch the rehearsal. And then we thought, okay, so people are liking, you know, what we are doing. And, and the first shows we did was in our studio. So basically we did for, I think for six months or five months, we did every other week, every other Saturday. We would do an open rehearsal and it was since the first one it was always packed and i guess that also helped you know to spread the word you know there is this band and and it became kind of this thing that because we weren't selling tickets you, you know but at the same time you got to be fast when you sign in otherwise you are going to be out so it's it. We I think we created this little buzz, you know, here in São Paulo, and it went really well. So the first concerts for for six months we only did that, and then and then at some point we got invited to play Lola Uh I think because of that too, you know, because of the vibe that was going on, and yeah. that was our first proper show, which is crazy when it's tough yeah. to think about.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's quite the way to start. So these these yeah. open rehearsals were they open both to people in person and also virtually through?
1: No, it was just people in person, man. I I think this virtual thing gets started with the pandemic. (laughs) I mean, we just, when I would think like that, right. Why, why, why we don't do it virtually, but back then was just like in person. But I think that was also good in that moment because it, it, it created a little bit of, uh, I don't want to use the, the, like secrecy, you know, like you, it's not easy to see this band. You've got to be, you know, just like following them. And because it wouldn't be like every same day, you know, every week we would change. So it it could be a Friday, a Saturday or a Sunday. And and it, you just, once we announced it, you would have to go real fast and just sign in. Otherwise, it's going to be out. So it created this buzz. And so I guess what I'm saying is that I think it was good that it wasn't virtual too, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh yeah that's a that's an amazing story. Um so after 6 months of that you did the Lollapalooza and then i suspect yeah. that once you had kind of you know shown that you could play the big stage that there were other invitations for other festivals. Actually
1: what happened was like i told you i i i already know some some i already knew before that some people from the industry but i i hadn't really uh like I didn't want it to be awkward, you know. So I never really asked anything. And actually, even the Lola thing was funny because I knew the guy who booked Lola but he only learned that I was in the band like when we were already confirmed. I called him and I said, "By the way, do you know that you guys just announced my band?" I said what? I said yeah. Look at the video; it's me in the video. And he, he said, "Why didn't I know you were in the band?" I said yeah. And I think that also started this this. uh this situation where promoters would share pictures and videos of us on stage, you know, and, and 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 you know, word to mouth. I mean, people start talking about, and and yeah, that that, that changed a lot. After that, we got lots of uh, like um, invitations to play in the other festivals. We played another big festival in São Paulo right after that, with uh, with a bunch of big names, and yeah, it was it was. Since for us, the magic really happens on stage. Like every every step of our career, I mean, every big step in our career happened after we did the show, that someone saw the show, you know, or, you know, or the press said something about the show. So that's why also for us it's so hard not being able to tour because we are alive there. That's yeah. what that's. I mean, we write songs so we can play live.
0: Well, um, let me let me. Um Go back real quick to something you talked about, which was um, how you you guys many of you are multi instrumentalists, and so you're able to um, switch instruments. Do you and, and you know you flesh out ideas differently? Do you find that um, the flavor of the songs are have are distinct based on who is playing guitar or drums, that kind of thing, or or are you very yeah. conscious about it all having sort of a a sound that's you know your band
1: yeah it's 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 interesting uh well first of all everything is really organic it's like we don't we we might try with one lineup and then we go like okay let's try now with a different lineup and then we might switch back to the other one it's really like it's whatever feels better okay. you know when we are playing we, Sometimes we record with one lineup and then record again with the other one and then we listen both and then we don't real we can't even tell you know who play what in which lineup so we gotta look at the recordings okay so this is in pre production pre production so we can say okay was Gianna the drums oh okay so let's do it like this because it's sounding really good so it, it's it's so weird because it feels like we have more color options if if music if music was like painting. It feels like we have more color options, but it's always the same painter. You can tell it's the same painter. So that's how it feels like for us. It, it really does, and we are we love it. We love the dynamic. Uh, we love the fact that because we all I mean, as you as you mentioned, we 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 were all in bands before, and you know the the, the writing songs dynamic in a band can be can be pretty bad you know like people trying to you know just just push their ideas and you know and like i want to be the songwriter or or, and, or when you're writing a song you don't feel comfortable giving suggestions to the drummer or or, or to the guitar player because it's their feud but with this dynamic it's like we all are we all feel totally comfortable in, in giving an opinion you know why don't you try this or that you know and and by the way it might be a situation where Jiang would be on a guitar, and I would give a lot of suggestions to him, and I will end up playing that, and he would end up playing the drums, you know, or the other way around, you know, so it's like I think we broke some limits, you know some barriers, and it's very it's artistically I think it's very rich
0: yeah, I was just gonna say what um why I think it's really good to have this context is because uh I can't even remember, but I've seen one or two bands kind of do the thing where a couple of members will switch, but it's always, it's always for comic effect. It's, uh, you know, it's more like a gimmick. Um, you're the first band I've heard of where like it's, it's, uh, it's a genuine part of the DNA of the band in terms of how you write and perform. Um, Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that's good context. for. I'm glad we talked about that because um, uh, it's also probably, you know, creates additional energy when you play live, you know, probably.
1: Yeah, yeah I, and, and it's like, I was going to say that the, the, whatever lineup we decide to record, like once we feel like, okay, that's the way this song should be with, uh, with this lineup, that's how we're going to play it for the rest of our lives. So we always play on stage the same, the same way we record it, and so, I mean, if I'm playing a guitar and the song live, that's because I record that song on the album. And it's really like what I said in the beginning, the music comes first. So it's not a gimmick at all. It's just because we want it to, you know, to sound the best way possible. And sometimes it's a challenge because it's a lot of legit. When you're writing down the set list, it's a lot of work because you got to think, you know, oh, so after the song, you need to run to the drums. I got to rush to the bass, you know, and then the next song, I need to go back to the guitar. So it's it, sometimes it's, and, and to keep like the pace of the show, of the concert. So it's, um, it's a big challenge actually, but it's, it really is for the music.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. I, we'll make sure to draw attention to that in in the notes on this show, because I think it's really interesting. Um, uh, when you, are, are any of your dates that you guys have, are doing? Are they any of them in the north, uh, northwest of the United States? Do you know?
1: Look, we just—I know—we just announced two festivals: uh, the one in Sacramento, AfterShock, okay. and <laughs> Welcome to Rockville. And right now, I know our manager, uh, who is in Texas, and our agents who, who, who are in LA—they are scheduling more stuff. So. I would say we probably play all over because that's what they are aiming for. They are looking for support opportunities for her to jump in, or some clubs to play. We don't have all the dates yet, but I can I can tell you this: we have right now. We are working in one tour for this year, another tour for early next year, and another tour for the end of 2022. uh, All in the U.S. So it's going to be a lot of. Then it's going to be crazy. Next year is going to be crazy. You <laughs> already have confirmed some shows with Metallica and Greta Van Fleet in South America. Nice. So if all goes well, we're going to do U.S. this year, then U.S. again beginning of next year, then South America, then Europe, U.S. again, then Europe again. So it's going to be a year on the road. Yeah. I already told my wife. <laughs>
0: Well, um, the reason I was asking selfishly is I'm based in Seattle. So it'd be cool if you guys got close enough here that I could come out to a show. I'll, I'll watch your, your tour page on your website.
1: I am almost sure they're booking stuff in Seattle. I heard something, I, 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 I'm not 100% sure, but in the last call with William Morris, uh, the agency, I heard, I, heard, I heard about Seattle. So I think it's going to happen.
0: Oh, nice. Good. That's really good. Um. Okay. Let me ask. You know, I ask this because it's kind of a pedestrian question, to be honest with you. But um, you guys are fresh enough. I'm. I'm interested. You know, I I mentioned before. I feel like um Brazil's like what. I probably my favorite Brazilian group is Angra. Um, and there's so many. Oh,
1: they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: They're singing. We we have.
1: uh, We know Kiko. We know Rafael guitar player well Kiko is not on Megadeth but uh, yeah we know the guys
0: yeah I mean and th- that's just one example they, they're just a personal favorite of mine um, but they the, there's so much great music that comes out of that area and it, it leads me to this um, this interest I have in knowing like um, the the gestation of your own sound like how how would you describe your sound I know that this is like always a tricky question because everybody's distinctive. But for folks who haven't heard you, how would you start to articulate um, the sa- the sound of ego kill talent?
1: And it's so hard. Uh, I the, the best way I can find to try to you know to describe to people haven't listened to yet, I will I will use the analogy of a blender. Like if you just could put in a blender. Uh, some very different bands, like I would say, Metallica, Faith No More, Incubus, The Foo Fighters, Lenny Kravitz, uh, Phil Collins. We are all huge Phil Collins fans. And now, is that also some Gojira?
0: Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Just blend everything. It's it Phil? Yeah. Is it Phil Collins from Genesis or Phil Collins, the Disney artist?
1: <laughs> uh Well, we are more. What? what uh, before we go on stage, we usually listen to Easy Lover from Phil Collins, which is like it's before the Disney era. Yeah. It's like right after Genesis, but I'm a huge Genesis fan, and we just feel like I mean, we really we really enjoy from from Phil Collins, uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac, till Gojira, Metallica, Sepultura. I mean, we 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 just love good music, and we try to bring elements of of all all that into our songs.
0: Yeah, um, that's great. I uh, you know I love the I love the uh, um the approach where your influences get to find some release uh, to create variety in the music. Um, and I feel like you know I I, I reason I asked that question is because I listen to your music and. It wasn't easy to pinpoint, which is a good thing. Um, it's oh well, that's another metalcore band, or that's another so-and-so. Um, um, so and so. So that's good. You're, I think, f- you're carving your own niche, which is really, really important. Um, so the the it's the, always go ahead.
1: As you said, I guess that's in a challenge. It's always because people are the way. I guess the way our brains work. And uh, it's like we try to, when we listen to a new music, a new band, we always try to compare with what we heard before and and kind of decide what we think about it based on that too, you know. So we, as you said, we try to write our own stuff and it's what we love, you know, we try to to put out songs that make sense to us, you know, not like really thinking what we want to sound like. And... We are very proud of everything we did so far. And I think, as you said, it's great that that, that it's hard to pinpoint exactly what we sound like. At the same time, it's a challenge because people are looking for references, you know. Yeah. But I guess that's part of, um, you know, building something new.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, not to put too fine a point on it, but most of the bands that have had long, long careers are bands who um, either started some sort of, uh, musical trend, or are unique from a trend. Um, you know, th- there's always a, a lot of groups that get signed that are, are of a sameness with the the vanguards of a particular music movement, and that doesn't mean that they're not good bands, but they usually they usually don't have the same kind of staying power. Um, so it's it's more yeah. challenging to do something that people uh, don't have as many reference points for. Uh, but it also, if you if you can make it work, is going to give you career longevity um you know if it were if it were easy just to produce bands that could uh create 30-year careers um record companies would do it all day long you know but they recreating that takes the the artistic energy that sounds like you guys put in which is awesome um so the dance between extremes then is it? Um, I don't remember picking this up in my notes. Is the full release out? Like, if you want to go get the full record now, or is that still coming?
1: No, it's all out. We released the last, the last, the third part, which uh, was the last part we released in March. So it's all out right now. So we have two albums out with the uh, Death Between Extreme. The first one is just called Eagle to Talon, and the second one, The Death Between Extreme.
0: So you're, um, you're you said that they're beginning to book you. Are these shows um, one? Can we see them on your website? And two, are they are they later in the summer or do you have things coming up sooner?
1: Uh, no. It's well, it's not up on the website yet. Uh, we okay. just confirmed like today, like six festivals in Europe, six big festivals in Europe, and. It's what is the only thing we have announced so far. It's on, in October and, and November, which is the aftershock and the Welcome to Rockville. Okay. We just, I mean, once we have all the dates together for the rest of the U.S. tour, we're just gonna put, you know, everything up on the website and and Instagram and everywhere. Uh, but so far, it seems the first show is gonna be uh, in in October. Also, because we are we are in Brazil, so. We're going to have to deal with that. Uh, we need to get visas and everything. Uh, so we decided not to boot anything before that. So we have enough time, you know, to make all the, the procedures. And we, that's what we are doing right now. You know, just filing everything and <clears throat> I mean, talking with immigration lawyers and all that, but it's it's moving forward.
0: Is Is Brazil, are you still in a relative lockdown or is the country kind of open for business?
1: No, it's, it's it's not good, man. It's I mean we still are we are still slow in vaccination and the numbers it it was it, it last week was going down and then this week went up again um, the death numbers which is so sad yeah but yeah in theory uh, vaccination gonna get gonna gain some speed in the following month so let's see what happens there
0: yeah so so that means you. There's just work to do to get um, probably even to travel passports.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it, we we heard of uh, athletes and and other artists. They're they're managing to get visas to go to the U.S. Uh, because I mean once the U.S. is already open again, I mean working, you know, like, things are happening there again. Yeah. So it, I guess the the understanding is, I mean, if a U.S festival promoter booked and announced us it's going to be good for 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 him for us to be there right for that company to have us in the u.s so that's why everything is moving it's moving along pretty well but it's just like we didn't want to book anything too soon you know and then we don't have enough time to have all this cleared
0: that's good yeah a lot of the states are are fairly open and the the vaccine progression's doing pretty well in the states so it should be those should be dates you can have confidence in. So anybody listening to this uh, now or later, um, if you if you start to see ego kill talent show up uh, for uh, dates around the country, um, I think you can have confidence in those in those tickets. Um, I think the same is true of Europe from what I've read. Um, let me um, let me ask you a, a, a question that's that's related. Um, it's part of a segment idea that I have for conversations with um, artists such as yourself, because I, as much as, as much as you have history as a musician and in the industry um, it's been in the last five years or so, feels like it's kind of arrived. You've been able to launch this group and get some attention. Um, and over the past decade or two, there is this sort of undercurrent th- of narrative that says rock is dead, right? And, and g- guys like Gene Simmons are famous for quotes about this. Um, clearly not true from the standpoint that there's people making this music. Uh, um, and I think part of his deeper argument is it's, it's impossible, near impossible, for new bands to get rolling. Um, if you're established, fine. But, but again, you guys defy this narrative because you're a new band. You know, I mean, I know you've got two records out now, but in the scheme of things, you guys are yep. relatively new. Um, so you buck that trend. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that, that idea. Uh, I mean, I've even as recently as the last month or two seen this crop up in interviews where established musicians are trying, I don't think they mean it heartedly, but they're dissuading younger musicians from, a, from the pursuit of music because it's, you just can't have a career. Um, and it doesn't it seems like your story says tells the opposite. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Look,
1: uh, every time uh, I got this kind of question, here, here's what I reply. Whatever Whatever you decide to do with your life uh, in, in terms of any new project, it's going to be hard. you know if you want If you want to start a bakery going to be pretty damn hard you know if you want to start a shoes company it's going to be hard so if you want if you want to start anything any new project it's it's always hard right so and i'm I'm saying this because i did that you started you know, bakery? like i said, sorry
0: you started the bakery
1: no no i started a a new business i mean oh fair so, enough so <laughs> but, but but i but actually, i have family members who own bakery
0: okay
1: so it's uh, uh I mean, what, what, whatever new business you want to start, it's, it's always hard. And if you want to be a doctor, you're gonna to have to study for, for what, seven years.
0: Yeah, at least. And
1: it's hard. You're gonna, you're gonna work a lot then. So, I think that, and that's really just my opinion. You know, based on my, my trajectory. You know, my story and and everything. I, I live within the music of business. I remember when, when I had my first band and I was like 17 years old or uh, 16 years old, maybe even younger, 15. I had this dream, right, that, that okay, I'm, I'm going to make a band and I'm going to be famous and I won't have to work and I'm just going to play guitar, right? That's an illusion, okay? And, and if, if the reason you want to start a band it's because you think it's going to be easy, then you shouldn't. But again, keep in mind that whatever you decide to do with your life, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, with this band, because I was in a in a in a time of my life where I already had my own business, you know, and already already worked really hard to make you know my business happen, and I did with a lot of big challenges. So when when we started this band, I I wasn't afraid of the fight, you know. I was like, okay, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of uh, uh, how do you say uh, grinding? You know, both in terms of like making the best music you can, and also you know putting the pieces together because it's hard. So I feel like like a, like a, I'm, I'm just repeating myself. Everything you try to do with your life is going to be hard. So do something you're passionate about. Yeah. And when you do something you're passionate about you're going to still have to work, you know, don't get me wrong, you're going to still have, because there are days that you just don't want to go to the studio and rehearse it for three hours, but you still have to. Yeah. So you're going to, you know, just accept that you're going to have to deal with that. And in terms of the market, look, there's a huge market for rock in the world, huge. Uh, like I told you, today we confirmed six huge festivals, all rock in, in, the, in Europe, uh, I mean, take a look at the Denny Humor festivals that were just announced in the U.S. this past couple months, a couple weeks. I don't know, like five, six huge festivals. Yeah. So there, the market exists, right? Um, maybe if you compare to hip hop or other stuff, it might be a bigger market. But then again, to take the example of starting your own company, if you want to, if you want to, if you start a bakery. It's a smaller market than if you start a cell phone company, right? But it's a market. It's a still a market. So rock and roll might be a smaller market compared to hip hop or something like this. But what do you want to do? What 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 do you feel better doing, hip hop or rock? If you want to do rock, there's a market for that. Don't compare yourself. That's another – I think that's another good advice that I, uh, I try to follow myself. It's like don't compare – like to go back to like to the business, don't compare rock with hip hop or whatever. It's a different world. You know, focus on whatever you want to do and don't compare your band to other bands. Just do the best you can. And it's like any other business in life. You're gonna have you're gonna have to work hard. And and that's it. So I don't agree that that rock and roll is that I can't I mean I feel like my life is a proof that it isn't because we yeah. started this band as you said at, 2000 the first album was released in 2017 and we already toured with the fools we we, i mean we already toured with system of a down and we're doing so much more stuff and i know like i mentioned before i already knew some people before the band but that wasn't it trust me that wasn't it it doesn't matter if you it doesn't matter who you know if your music it's not there they 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 don't they won't embarrass themselves you know so
0: i I agree with everything you said. I, I, you know, I, th- there are people who like rock and metal in the world. It's a, it's a non-trivial number of people. And um, uh, there, I think there's always room for good music, you know, if you spend the, if you spend the time to write the good music. But I want to ask you a bit of a, 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 an existential question that comes out of something you just said. When I was younger, the music that dominated airplay was rock. Uh, And to a little lesser degree, the heavy metal stuff. There was some of that. Um, The thrash, in my area anyway, the thrash wasn't being played as much. But certainly that was the music of my generation. It is not the music of today's generation. Today's generation, it's it's hip hop that dominates both in terms of listeners and the share of ballot, as we say. Um, Why do you think that is? Why do you think that uh, we have had a shift in the music? dominates the imagination of the young listeners
1: well I think that it's never one thing you know I think it's a combination of uh, of a bunch of things and uh, to me I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna put in a very simple way something that's not that simple right well first of all I think everything is cyclical. So it's gonna be a new cycle, and it's gonna change again. And good music, it's good music. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter the genre. It's good, good music. It's good music, and it's always gonna be there. I mean, we still listen to some uh, Michael Jacksons from the '80s, you know, and, and, and like we just say Genesis, and, and there's, we still listen to it and say that's good music, right? Yeah. So good music, it's out of time, you know. It's it's just in this different. Uh, Uh, It's kind of like a parallel reality where it's always there, it's timeless. So all this being said, and and it's cyclical and all that, I think there is also a little bit the fact that rock and roll and and heavy metal and all that, it was always a symbol of uh, some kind of of, uh, conquering your freedom, right? It's just like, I think for the teenagers, it, it was like a, a a shout of liberty, you know, like that's my music, that represents me, that's me, right? And I think it's like an independency, I don't know, inde independency attitude or something like that, you know, you're trying to put it like that. But we became, and I'm the same generation as you, we became the adults now. yeah. And the kids, they want to do the same. And It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's kind of, they almost want to go against what was before because they want to have their own voice. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so maybe that's why it's cyclical, but at the same time, and now listen to this Genesis and all those bands, I learned from my dad. So there was a moment in my life where for me, it was Metallica and Guns N' Roses. I was like back on Upside for Destruction, Use Your Illusion, The Black Album, and just as for all of that for me was like, yes, I'm, you know, I am myself. But just a little after that, I went back to listen to the stuff that my dad used to listen. And I was like, oh, shit, that's really good. And then we go to that other thing I said, good music, it's good music, Yeah. you know. So I, and by the way, and you can't predict what's going to happen. You just can't predict because everything can change in a heartbeat. It can, you know. Yeah, everything it, changes. The it, just do just true for you.
0: I think that that's right. I, I mean, if if record companies uh, or even artists knew what was coming next, so that they could predict it, they would do it. Um, but you don't, yes. you don't know. Uh, and and you make a really good point because um, my daughter loves hip hop, but she uh, she fa- in the last six months she found Queen and she loves Queen.
1: You see, yeah, good music. So there, I love it, Queen. I- by the way, I didn't mention Queen until until you did, but I love, it's one of my favorite bands ever. Yeah. And also, again, from my dad.
0: Well, and another one where you look at their music and they were, they're so unique. You know, they're just, it's hard yeah. to find a parallel. Um, to Man, career. and when
1: you think about Freddie Mercury, it was, I mean, picture his face. He doesn't look like a rock star at all. Now, now he does yeah. because he's Freddie Mercury, yeah. but, you know, when it's and it's just the music is so good. It's the same thing with my my wife. I mean, she she was she wasn't into rock at all, and she was like much more into hip hop and and black music actually. And when she saw the Queen movie, the she went. She, she's a Queen addicted now. I mean, she yeah. listens to it. I'm not kidding. At, at least three times a week. And she's like, oh my god, the music is timeless. I said, yeah, I know. And that's it. Just do whatever is true to you. That's, you know, when you're writing music, you got, that's one thing that I also learned with this band, because in bands I had before, I would write a song that I wasn't really sure, but I was I, was, I would try to convince myself that that song is good, you know? And with this band, we really raised the bar. It's like, if the five of us don't feel like crying with a song, let's, let's forget it and let's go for the next one. Yeah. And it's a lot of the attachment, you know, just like exercising the attachment. But I think it's really, really important, you know, to take it to the next level.
0: Yeah, it, uh, I've had this conversation with a few guests I've had uh, before you. And it seems like what separates um, good songwriting and good songwriters is uh, th- those who keep asking questions, you know, keep, keep um, working a part, uh, working a song until you know, it, it, it excites them. Um, cause it's easy enough just to sit down and write a song. Um, yeah. uh, so yeah, that that's exactly right. If, um, you know, and then once you satisfy yourself, you have to just believe that if it thrills you, it's going to thrill somebody else too. Exactly. Uh,
1: um,
0: okay. So the last question or two that I have for you, um, so we you know we've learned a lot about you as an artist, and as a as a guy kind of um has been in and around the industry for a very long time um we've inadvertently learned that you're married the the um but i wonder most of the uh most of the people that I talk to they have other interests, so you know it could be anything from another creative interest, like photography or painting to um you know. Uh, cooking or whatever. Do you have other sort of creative pursuits that that sort of balance out your your musical self, or 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 is that just not something you do?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I love psychology. I studied oh. psychology in university, but out of fashion. just because uh, I never really thought of working with it. But I I always loved it. Uh, I really really enjoy meditation.
0: Okay. So I
1: try I mean I guess I'm all about I guess I'm all about trying to find your inner peace and, and, and freedom in, in here, you know. Yeah. So this is these are some that really attract my attention. So I'm I'm always uh reading a book or listening to an audio book. I love audiobooks about the this topic, you know. And I also love cooking. <laughs> you mentioned cooking, so I also love that too. So I would say I would say that and and I, I'm, I'm, you know, lucky enough to, one, be able to be doing something I love, which is playing music. Yeah. And two, be able to combine the two passions. Because uh, we write songs about, you know, about my other interest, which is, uh, I don't know, like inner, inner search, you know, search for an inner peace or something like that. We write songs about that, too. And it's very real. It is very real for us.
0: Do you, um, does the band share lyrical duties or do you do carry a lot of that?
1: We, most of the lyrics we do, me and Jonathan, the singer, uh, most of it is just it's the two of us. Uh, it might be a situation where I'm driving a car and, and, and then all, the, I mean, the, the lyric of the whole song just just comes to me and I call Jonathan, can you try this? So I just like send to him the lyrics and then he sings and that becomes the lyric. It might be a situation the other way around that he would just, I think I have a lyric. And then we we try it and we always adjust together. But most of it, it's like, it's still like, it's very romantic, like two friends, me and him sitting down and figuring out the lyrics as we talk, you know, usually we we know what we want to talk about with that song. It might be because of a feeling we have when we listen to it. It might be because sometimes it, there's something really funny that happens sometimes, because when we are writing a new music, new songs, Jonathan usually starts to sing a melody, right without lyrics, just blah blah, blah, blah blah, blah. And it happened a few times that while he was doing that, I turned to him and I go like, "I like, I like that sentence." And it was like, I didn't say any sentence. And I'm like, "I heard the sentence." He said, "What did you hear?" And then I, I I write down I heard I heard that and he was like I, I didn't say that but it's awesome. So when something like this happens, we're like, who wrote that? <laughs> you know, we we don't really know who did. Uh, but at the same time, that me and him we are kind of uh, like the epicenter for 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 the lyrics. The five of us in the band, we we have a real friendship. So we talk a lot, to, a lot to each other. We share this stuff and. Everything can become an inspiration for a song. So it might be a situation like something I spoke with Jean, and then I would just sit down and and write something about it. So I really feel like like he was an inspiration or even part of this, you know? Yeah. So it's a very very organic band, man. It's a this diff- I never lived nothing like this before.
0: Yeah, that's really refreshing to hear, uh, and I think it I think it uh, shows through in the music. Uh, I think that I was li- I was listening to. Some of the songs uh, on YouTube and the some of the the chord progressions and the vocal changes were really refreshing to me there were they were they went places I wouldn't have anticipated, and I've listened to a lot of music um, so I think so, so what's that?
1: It's so great to hear that. It's always good to hear that
0: yeah, yeah that's a uh, that's the experience I had, and that's why i I definitely commend anybody who is watching or anybody who uh, will see this and or listen to this later to go check out uh, Ego Kill Talent. And certainly if they, if they are touring um, it sounds like a lot of the, the, the dates you'll have over the next several months will be um, festivals and such. Um, yeah. so, so, you know, opportunities to see you as well as some other groups. So we'll watch for those. Um I think, Matt, I think that I've taken an hour of your time, which I'm, I'm grateful for. Uh, I, we will do everything we can to get the word out uh, about you guys and what you're doing. We'll include a link over to your, your band website. Um, and we'll just you know keep doing what you're doing. I think the music is inspiring uh, because of its authenticity.
1: Thank you very much, Peter. I appreciate that. And I mean, my pleasure to be here and... Whenever you invite me, I'll be here again, and hopefully we do something in person at some point soon. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, would love, I would love if you guys get anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, uh, I'll come to the show. Uh, it's a
1: matter of time, and, and just hit me up. I will follow you on Instagram. Just hit me up, man. If you see that I'm play, we are playing anywhere near you, just text me and we, we meet. we figure it out.
0: That would be great. All right, man. Well, thank you again. I'm going to play the outro. Stick around for a second, and then we'll wrap up.
1: Awesome.